It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into episode number 114. Um, I'm definitely here with a special guest today. Long time in the making. We got Jim, Jim Plotner, a fan of the van. What's going on, my guy? <laughs> Not much, not much. Just hanging out in the van, smoking a nice cigar, ready to shoot the shit with you. Yeah, I love it, man. I uh, I know everybody's trying to collab with you, so I, I'm in uh, I'm in a special seat right now. You could say, you know what I mean? I oh yeah. <laughs> I uh, we got we're trying to get some special guests on the show in the next couple of weeks. JD's just taking some time off. Um, football is really his his go to, and and obviously, you know, without the draft, I mean. There's not too much going on, but we definitely want to talk. We want to talk Mr. Rogers already, you know, right off the cuff. Here. Uh, oh, yeah. I know I'm, I'm, my man Jim feels, but I, I want to know, you know, uh, an update on that. What, uh, how are you feeling about Mr. Rogers, you know, as, as he stands now? As he stands now, he really, to me, the longer this goes on, the Packers, you know, like I said before we started, they have him at the advantage because he's still on the contract with them. He could say who he wants to go to. He could say it's the Jets, but the Packers ultimately control where he's going to go. You know, they could send him anywhere they want for the best package that's best for them. But like Brent said the other day on 1420, you know, they could also have him sit the bench for the next year or two and pay him to lose like he's been doing on the field for the past decade. I mean, to go out there and say you're one of the best Packer quarterbacks ever or player and you have one Super Bowl, and you got paid all this money and you acted like a selfish jackass to out it all, I would have just kept my mouth shut and the Packers would have had the deal done already. But I agree, you man. Rogers. He he's one of the like talent wise, he's up there, you know what I mean? No no doubt about it. But yeah. For, to win you a like a game winning drive, man, and, and I'm not trying to, to kiss your ass by any means, but hey, I'll take Big Ben all day, seven days a week. If I need a game winning drive in a playoff yep. game. Like and, and think about it this way, man. Big Ben. Um, I'm trying to think some other guys. I mean, even even Eli, uh, or I'm sorry, Peyton. They had to go through the AFC. You have Aaron Rodgers with a first round buy. How many times in a row at home in Green Bay, and just just to lose to the Niners, choke artist. Yep. And I mean, Ben's choked in a big game too, but you know. Yeah, no, I get that, but he has two rings. Um, I could blame. I think some of the time the defense let Ben down in, in certain situations. Rodgers, I don't know, man. He's had so many opportunities with, a with like, he'll get you there that first round by, you'll have the best record in the NFC. And it's like, damn, man, like, I'd rather have Eli Manning who barely gets you in the playoffs. <laughs> but the chips, you know what I mean? Like, Not exactly. That, that's my and not, and not only that, with, with Rodgers, he's complained that Green Bay is giving him no weapons. He gives the Jets this, like, demand list. Of what he wants, and there and 
they have those supposed not weapons that Green Bay has given them. Exactly. So it makes no sense. I don't get it either, man. Um, my thing is, too, like, with all these Jets fans, I mean, I get it. The Jets haven't had a quarterback in, I mean, pretty much my lifetime that was worth a shit other than Chad Pennington, I guess. Um, yeah. But, like, you really think Rodgers is going to go through Mahomes or Allen or uh, Burrow? I mean, like, it, he, could, he couldn't do it in the NFC. That's my – like, I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't give up the farm, all these draft picks, you know, shell out all this money you know, possibly hurt your team in the, in the next coming years for like, I would have went, I would have went balls to the wall for Derek Carr, in my opinion, like at least, or, or, or if you're going to pull the trigger on, on Lamar Jackson, like somebody that's going to yeah. be there more than two years. And I, I don't, there's no way in hell. I think Rogers wins a chip up there. I just don't, I don't see it happening. Well, that's the, that's the issue. And I've said it where if you're talking six, seven years ago, Rogers is the right move, but now you figure he's got what, two, three years left in him. Right. That's such a short window for these Jets fans that have been diehards for however long, for, for decades even, okay? And you're asking this guy pretty much if the deal ever happens. You're expecting Rodgers to win it in year one and then go back and win it in year two. And it's never going to happen. That's why a guy like Lamar, even though I can't stand the Ravens, Lamar Johnson is the better option because you have a five, six-year window where at least, hey, in year three, they make it to the Super Bowl. And let's just say they lose. It's better progress than what they've had since Pennington. Even though with Sanchez, they got the two AFC championship games. They didn't win them, but still. They had better runs with those guys than they would with Zach Wilson or if they bring in Aaron Rodgers right now. They're better off with Lamar. I, it doesn't make sense to me, man. Like, I know you want to get a marquee name, and I know you want to get uh, – like, Rodgers is, is that guy. But it's like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, he's not he's not going to win in a, in, a t- in a more talented conference, man. Like, he can't do it in his own conference. And, like, you could argue, you know, he didn't, he didn't get, get good with the receivers this year and things like that. But that's kind of on him, too. Like, I, I can't give him a pass. So, his stats obviously went down and declined this, this past season. And – and yeah, it's still pretty good, obviously, but it just doesn't like the effort they're putting towards this guy, who's ultimately not I'm not going to deliver him a championship. Man, I I bet my house on it that he's yeah. not he's not winning that whole thing. No way. Well, it's the same thing when they brought in Brett Favre. It's all really again. They just want the marquee name. It fills the seats. And what did Brett Favre win him? He didn't win him anything either. So it's going to be the same thing with Rodgers. And all Rodgers needs to do to complete the whole farm 2.0 is finish his career in Minnesota. That's it. Most definitely. That's really where Aaron Rodgers has become is our generation's black corner. It's, it's, it's the funniest shit where he said, I want, I don't want to be basically, I don't want to be anything like Favre. And arguably he's, I mean, you know, maybe we, we don't get into the whole welfare thing. That's, that's a fucked up problem on its own. Yeah. But I mean, arguably he's more of like a, like Brent and Dave say, he's more of a nozzle than than Favre was as like a, oh, yeah. just listening to him, man. It's a headache. It's a headache and a half. Yeah, at least Favre didn't go out there and say that he's the greatest Packer of all time. And but they have a lot in common where they both don't want to give up the reins. And Rogers, who never wanted to be like Favre, we've slowly seen over the past decade, has emulated himself into Brett Favre. Yeah, Except he's had more MVP years than Favre has, but 
where they have the same amount of Super Bowl rings. He'll uh, <laughs> and he'll do anything to like make himself look good. Like he would, he'd throw the whole team under the bus to make himself look good. Where I think oh, Favre was was more of like, yeah, he he had that egotistical side to him, no doubt. But I don't know, man. I never, I never didn't have respect for Favre at the very least. Like Rogers, I think he's. He's hard to like. He's hard to respect. He's hard. He's just, it's all about him 24-7. Which makes me wonder why Pat McAfee even likes having him on the show. Oh, you know, man, it's about the coin. You know, it's just like we're trying to do, you know, and I I heard you talk about that on your last show where it's like, you know, we do this for fun. But, yeah, we want to put some some money in our pocket, especially if this, you know, if this took, uh, you know, if if this really got rolling, like that would be a, a career type thing that would be. That'd yeah. be fun because we already lo- love sports as it is. But yeah, you think like when when McAfee heard, oh my God, like Rogers can come on my show once a week, like that's gonna get some eyeballs and 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 eardrums. You know what I mean? So that's all that is. I'm sure he probably shuts the camera off. Like man, fuck man, thank God that's over for the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I would if I was him. <laughs> I think yeah, AJ Hawk. Thank God, Rogers broke this shit. <laughs> I watch AJ Hawk's facial reaction sometimes. I think he's even like, man, enough, enough's enough with this guy. But, but anyways, we can we can shift gears uh, a little bit just past Rogers. I mean, ultimately, I, I'll ask you this: Do you think he becomes a Jet though? Before we totally move on from this one, I was talking with I was talking with my buddy last night, and I honestly think it happens. But I think it happens either during or right after the draft. Okay. I have a feeling when the Packers and the Jets work something out before the draft even starts, and they wind up swapping draft picks for one, so the Packers get their first-round pick. Rodgers gets shipped off, and then whatever other draft picks get swapped after that or moved around, whatever is going to happen after the fact. But I think at the draft, it'll happen. Okay. At least yeah. by the draft, because the, the longer this goes on and the more we talk about it, eventually, to me, everyone's going to just start vomiting all over the place because nobody's going to want to hear it anymore <laughs> yeah, i'm even getting t- at times i'm like oh i got to do this and talk about rogers again and how the jets are just this disorganized franchise where they don't know how to do anything they move 10 steps forward to move 30 steps back and if getting rogers is moving 30 steps back 100 percent. yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more with, with with what you said there uh yeah, man, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about – I mean, I know you touched on a little bit about the MLB rule changes and things. Um, overall, do you think – once because we're, we're now turning the corner on the, and I'm about to be at the regular season this week. I think Thursday's, yeah. Thursday's opening day. Uh, do, you, do you think this is a good thing as far as, like, now getting into meaningful baseball? Like, do you think this is going to be a good thing for the, for the game going on this year? To me, no. I don't think there was anything ever wrong with baseball as it is, except for, you know, batters stepping out every three seconds to fix that glove. Like, hey, you didn't even swing the bat. Why you got to adjust the glove again? But I think the game moved at a decent pace. I mean, there are times where, yeah, we're sitting there watching Sunday night ESPN baseball, and there's like a six-hour game. I know it went like nine innings, but I mean – Having a pitch clock, I know Scherzer came out and said something about it. And it's just one of those – we may not like it. The players have to play under it. And my theory is you have to adapt and overcome to it. So Scherzer can whine and cry all he wants about it. 
the fans can whine and cry, but Rob Manfred has taken a game that wasn't broken and in essence broken, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think my thing is like speeding up the game. I I get I get the whole thing with you know like you said if they're if they're getting out adjusting their jock strap. I mean putting sunflower seeds in their mouth, readjusting the batting. I mean, it gets to be a little excessive. I, I understand that. But, man, like, when when I see these guys, like, immediately foul ball, or or even better, when a guy's running in from the outfield, let's say right field made the catch, and he's the first batter of the inning. I mean, he's, like, on damn near sprinting to get his helmet on, get his gloves, you know, maybe fix his, his, his guard on his leg, whatever it might be. But it's, like, and slow it down a little. I, I think they're going from one extreme to the other where like if you, what stands out to me is like that Bryce Harper at bat against the, I think it was the, it was the Astros uh, last year. And he like stepped, I mean, he walks to the plate almost like, uh, you know, like a grandpa and he's adjusting his gloves. <laughs> and I mean, it, it was, it built this, it, it built the dramatics without a doubt, but yeah. It was like, man, if you're not into baseball, you're going to be like, is this guy going to like do what? Is he going to swing the bat or is he just, you know, is this a, a fashion content? What is this? And then finally he steps in the box and launches it out of there. But if that was just a, a ground ball, it's like, man, all that for what? But now, man, it's like, it's like, holy shit. Like we have, it feels like we're on a stop. Like we literally are on a stopwatch, at, you know, at yeah. watching this stuff. And, and these guys, I just think it's a little too rushed. Like it's like, Pitch, 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 and then the I yeah. get the I get the whole game where the, where Scherzer and these other guys have tried to, like, oh we you know the batter's ready, let me wait till the very last second and throw it. Like, okay, I get it. Obviously, you're trying to gain an advantage. Everybody is, but it's it's like there's too much focus around that. I think where you like yeah. you said, I think it's taken away from the actual game being played. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, I think the umpires are the issue, too, when it comes to batters stepping out of the box. I think a lot of times they're too lenient. And I think if the pitcher's already halfway to the windup, releases the ball, and the ump says, no, no, timeout, I'm sorry. If it's a strike, it's a strike, it's a ball, it's a ball. That's it. Not a mind. Because the batter doesn't need to, in a matter of 30 seconds, step out 10 times. 100%. It doesn't need to, doesn't need to happen. And I think, honestly, baseball – for doing this is taking at least five to 10 steps backwards. That's, that's, that's interesting to hear. I, I, I'm kind of on the same way of thinking. I, I I appreciate they're doing changes. I think obviously baseball has declined and in a lot of cities, it's like the third most popular sport, which to me hurts. I hate hearing that, but I don't know. Like if you were commissioner, I'll say this. If you, if you were the commission and you kick Rob Manford to the curb where he, he properly uh, deserves the B. Where, uh, what, what changes would you, would you try and make if you can think of any? I mean, obviously the pitch clock is gone. I mean, that's the first. If you're gonna have a pitch clock, if you're gonna implement it, it needs to be a little more time. I don't even know how much time they get between the pitcher and the batter to get set, and then you have to freaking throw the ball and whatever else, but. If you're going to do it, at least have it maybe 45 seconds. Okay? If it's like the NBA shot clock, then again, the NBA is different because you're constantly moving. Major League Baseball, you're, you're standing there at a standstill from, you figure, what, 24 seconds, let's just say. Um, we make it at least a 45-second pitch clock. Because after, after one pitch is thrown, 
there's time from the from the catcher to the pitcher, and then the pitcher to reset himself. So at least forty five seconds, and then you know you get you don't get your pitch off by then. Then whatever the batter gets a ball called or whatever it is, something in the batter's favor because the pitcher screwed up. But if the batter on the other hand takes more than forty five seconds, then obviously he gets penalized. You throw him a strike. Then that's it. The one thing I do like that they did with baseball that I couldn't stand is if remember back in the day when you were going to intentionally walk a guy and you had to throw four pitches. That that to me was the one thing they got right. Where I was like, <laughs> all right, you're gonna right, you're gonna intentionally walk the guy. The manager just goes, he throws up the four, and and that's it. And all right, we'll go to first. The other thing that I think is stupid that I would do away with is the is the ghost runner in extra innings. That is by far one of the dumbest things they came up with. I don't think it improved the game at all. In fact, it hurts the pitcher and the game more than it makes us go, oh, wow. You mean, you mean the guy gets to start? The, you, you know, this team gets to start the top of the 10th with a guy on first base. He didn't have to do nothing. It's almost like getting a participation trophy just for showing up. Yeah. I see, and I'm not, and I'm not going to flat out disagree because I, I think, I think they had to do something to eliminate these 18, 19 inning games only because, like, you're blowing a, you can blow an entire bullpen out that way. Now, I don't know if you agree yeah. with, with that, uh, but like, I see, I don't know, I don't know what the solution is for that. Like, for me, it's, it's like, damn man, like, what do you do? And I, I don't, lo- I definitely don't love, I, I, the way I impose or, or I would try to impose it is runner on second with one out or something like that. Like make it to where they have like, it offsets something. Cause now you're just letting a guy on second for no reason at all. Other than to shorten the game. It's like they, that runner didn't even deserve to be on second. Like that's just like you're you're handing. And then the home team obviously gets the last at bat. So that's always that advantage, but I don't know, man, it's tough. Like I want to make baseball. Like I, I, I would love to figure out, ways to make baseball that that america's pastime again i just i think people are so like you have a short-term attention span as a as like people nowadays especially in this country it's it's a tiktok generation it's this that and the third and, oh yeah and it's like baseball is one of those sports like you can you can fall asleep. if you're not into it you can fall asleep watching it like and and i like that about baseball like football gets my blood pressure to an unhealthy levels you know I mean? oh yeah it does <laughs> you know what i mean so i that's the problem like baseball is hard to it's hard to tweak it to make it better and not worse and i don't i don't know what they i think they're gonna keep trying things honestly man like i think in the next five years you'll see things be implemented and taken away then implement I, I just i don't know yeah it's almost like cooking italian food where you just throw it at the wall if it sticks it works it is what it is that's <laughs> in essence what they're gonna do all right but, <laughs> but, like, but like the thing is with me like i think what would help baseball back in like you know the you know the whole mcguire sosa chase nobody was watching baseball then because you had the whole uh you had to strike a few years prior to that and then you know baseball slowly makes its comeback and then all of a sudden you have these two guys chasing you know home run history and everybody's watching even the commissioner but at the time, you know, everybody's turning a blind eye to how this is all being created. Because, you know, Sosa cheated and McGuire cheated. And obviously we all we found that out because of Jose Canseco writing a book about it. For that one summer, I think is where you had baseball back at its past time. 
because everybody was watching, everybody was going to the games, everybody was paying attention. And then you have, now you fast forward and you just have what it is now. It, it, it's kind of changed where baseball isn't, to me, it's not baseball. It's not a sport no more. It's kind of a business and they're more worried about, you know, revenue as opposed to the fans. And, you know, I could go on forever about it, but that, that's my opinion of it. I know that's well said. I, I know you're a Yankee guy and I'm not, and I'm not yeah. going to try and, I'm not going to try and cause any type of problem there. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an Orioles guy. I'm a Phillies guy. It's, you know, that maybe that was, maybe that's, I'm a fake, I'm a fake fan for that, but I, I have ties to both organizations a lot, a lot of time spent in both ballparks, that type of thing. But yeah, more so I'm a, I, mean, I was an American league guy. So that's why I went Orioles, but regardless, Obviously, I've seen Judge a ton of times play. I mean, we we play you guys a million times a year. He's he's caused yeah. you know many uh many frustrations from me and things like that. But but <laughs> uh, he's he's a monster. So, do you think now this is just alleged that this happened last season during that chase? Now, I will say this: I think I think Pujols got some juice balls because uh, Major League Baseball took control of making the baseballs. I think this was a couple of years ago now at this point. Um, yeah. Do you think, and I'm not taking anything away from judge whatsoever. I'm not saying this is the flake gate. I'm not trying to make any comparison like that, but do you think any of those balls were juiced on, on judges chase to uh what 63 there? Without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, even years where people have come close, they, they, they've had juice balls, you know, whether they, whether they tighten it or do whatever they do to it. I mean, it's, Everybody's gotten a juice ball at some point in their career. I mean, you look at you look at um. I mean, people even said when Brady Anderson hit what like fifty home runs out one year for you guys with the Orioles, people are saying that he was all juiced up and the ball was juiced up. So, I mean, there's juice balls in baseball. I'm not going to deny it. But could Judge have done it without the juice balls? Yeah, he could have done it. That's fair. Yeah, I think. And hey, I mean, just how you were talking about McGuire and Sosa, maybe that's like, yeah, you're kind of changing the result of the game and changing res- and 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 kind of manipulating it. But yeah, if it gets more, like, I guarantee more people were watching when they knew Judge was had the chance of, of breaking that record. Like, there's more eyeballs on the TV. Yeah. The, the the seats, you know, the attendance and everything like that was up in in visitor ballparks. Like I think Texas was sold out that night that, that he hit the one in, down there. Like, yeah, like, you got to do what you got to do. I think to a certain degree, like that's the problem with baseball. It doesn't sell itself. Football kind of sells itself, I think. And baseball Football definitely does. <laughs> Football definitely sells itself. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll uh, maybe we'll switch gears. We'll we'll go to another sport, man. I'm just kind of going around the horn right now. Did you hear about the the Dallas Mavericks things? I kind of sent you over a little little excerpt about about Kyrie and stuff like that. I don't think Dallas should have made that trade. He's. A I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you you look at him throughout his whole. I I don't know where he's where this change with him has happened because in Cleveland, like when he had to become the guy before LeBron came back, and still to this day, people argue me LeBron won Cleveland the championship. He was a part of it, but did LeBron hit the game-winning shot? No. It was Kyrie that hit it. But I don't know where Kyrie got this he's-bigger-than-the-game mentality. 
maybe it's hanging out with James Harden. I don't know, but <laughs> as far as him being in Dallas, I think it hurts the franchise. I think it actually, I think it's annoying Luca at this point as well. It's bad because he's voicing his frustrations. He seems like a cancer to me. I mean, we just talked about Rodgers being a, a problem. This guy has now, I mean, he he wanted to be in. Well, first, no, he wanted his own team, so he got out of Cleveland. Boston, that didn't even, didn't even remotely work. And yeah. ever since then, they've been a hell of a team. So it's kind of funny how that works. But then he comes to Brooklyn. You know, he teams up with his boy KD, leaves his, his boy KD high and dry. I mean, Harden wanted out much sooner. He's probably like, I can't play with the, this just egotistical asshole that, that Kyrie is. And now it's like, man, to ruin, like, not to ruin Luka, but to, to put a damper on, like, Luka seems like a good kid. I don't know this guy between a hole in the wall, but just from what I see, like, oh, man, like, what the hell do you do with this guy? Like, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be within 10 feet of him if I'm a, if I'm another NBA uh, franchise right now. I, well, I don't, well, I think Dallas at this point is out of even the play-in tournament. So, honestly, like, even the, I would just shut him down and then figure out a buyout or whatever it is, or just if his contract's up at the end of the season, I wouldn't even try to resign him. Just let him go somewhere else or let him destroy somebody else's roster for a year or two. That's, I, I mean, if I'm Mark Cuban, I'd rather have the next five years be mediocre without Kyrie than have to have these decent seasons with a guy who's a cancer where it's about me, 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 and it's all circled around me. And that's what Kyrie is. He's not a team guy. He's a me guy. Because if he was a team guy, he would have stayed in Brooklyn with KD, and they would have made it work with Harden. But Brooklyn, we've seen where they tried the big three in the past, and it didn't work then either. So these forming of super teams make no sense at times. Yeah, I think and and see like on our pod we we don't really I I don't even like the NBA in its current like I don't know if we're ever going to see like I remember watching Kobe like when it was Lakers Celtics it would be like a 82 78 type of game finals like that type of NBA I liked like it wasn't a foul every single time they drove like somebody sneezed on on Steph Curry the other night and he's fouled you know what I mean it's like man yeah. holy holy hell like this isn't the game that it used to be. Like, it's just not. And I don't Whereas know. I call, whereas I call, I've called it, it's a pussified league now. Like, I'm watching a game the other night. Guy doesn't even touch him, and they're calling, like, a flagrant one. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like what are you talking? And the players are getting more annoyed with it. Than now they're, who is it the other night got ejected? I forget who it was. He gets ejected because he does the money sign at the ref. Like, oh, you're taking money to blow the game. And they've already had that in the NBA with Tim Donahue or Tim Donahue, whatever his name was, years ago, where he was taking money to fix games. So, honestly, I just think like the NFL, even hockey, baseball, and the NBA, the officiating's never going to be perfect. It's something we're just going to have to get used to. But in the NBA, it's far worse than the other three. Um, it's just far worse. It's it's awful to watch. Like it is, and I don't want to sound like a like just a complainer about it, but man, oh man, like I cannot watch that shit for, for more than a quarter. It's like, it's almost nauseating just because of how bad, I mean, how it, it's just, everything is a foul, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what in the rule book when, when it says, you know, personal foul, it's gotta be like six pages long of what 
could potentially be a personal foul anymore. It's probably like a hundred and twenty page novel at this point. <laughs> I mean, even I, I mean, if you run past the guy and your shoelace touches his shoe, it's a flagrant too. I mean, c- come on, it's it, 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 it's just nerve-wracking. I haven't watched a full game, I have to say, in twelve years. That's about when it died. I watch it here and there, but like I watch maybe a few minutes, and as soon as I see it, I'll, uh, I'll, the most sensitive call in the world, that's it. I'm, I'll put on NCIS New Orleans and watch whatever episode I've seen a thousand times than watch this crap the NBA's putting on. I mean, they've, they've improved part of the game. Like, you know, the whole, the whole All-Star game, which has no meaning to it, but doing like the, the day of draft where guys don't know what team that they're, they're, they're going to be playing for. I like that. I like that implement of it, but as far as everything else, it's just it's just a clusterfuck of nonsense. Yeah, you know? the, the game itself is, is ruined. I think, and and it, it, another thing with it is like if you watch, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't watch enough, I guess, but every team seems to play the same way. Somebody will drive in, kick it to the three, bang! Like it's just it's like watching the same, like like you said, watching that NCIS episode, you know. 500 times that's what every NBA game feels like only because yep. Dallas plays the same way as Golden State the Bucks play I mean it's there's no like when the Lakers were great and when the Celtics were great that was like a dog fight that was like is survival of the fittest basically um and who's going to make less mistakes now it's just who can shoot you know five more threes than the other team and and that's ultimately what it's going to be who wins like it's yeah, you don't see him driving to the hole the way Jordan did against the bad boy Pistons and getting rear naked choked, and it not even be called a flagrant. So, I mean, you don't see LeBron doing that unless there's nobody near him. Is the only way he's driving to the hole. But yeah, the the NBA has changed, and it's honestly you got to blame guys that like to shoot from the half court, like a Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, Trey Young. I mean, th- these are guys that. I mean, they're talented, but in a way, they've ruined what basketball used to be. It's not what it used to be. Yeah, exactly. When you say it's not what it used to be, that it's far from it. Um, I did want I did want to hear your thoughts. I know you've touched on the Steelers a little bit. I'm sure you're you're bringing back a Steel Talk episode for uh for the fan of the van series and things like that. But what do you think so far for the moves? I mean, it's, it's still you know obviously we haven't gotten to the draft yet, but. Obviously, I want to get your opinion. You're, you're the guest today, and and I, I value your opinion on on Kenny Pickett. I think he's he's better than most people give him credit for so far. Guy is a warrior, man. Like every time I flip them on, it he's getting drilled like twenty times a game. Like it's that's no exaggeration. He he just stands in there and and, and takes those hits and and gets right the right back up and keeps slinging it. Like I root for that kid more than more than anything. Really, I do. Well, with me, I mean, I remember the draft when I knew they were going quarterback. And, like, on Twitter, there's, a, there's Steeler fans and one of Malik Willis, right? And I'm explaining the downside to Malik Willis because he wasn't – see, Malik Willis came from a, from a program that nobody watches. What, Liberty University? Who's ever heard of it? Until Malik Willis. Kenny Pickett, ACC pick guy more developed. So obviously Pittsburgh was going to bring the hometown kid to, to Pittsburgh and him taking those hits scares me a bit because, you know, we've seen when Ben's taking a hit, Kenny's not that build, you know, like 
and, and we've seen he's already had what two, three concussions this year as it is. I think with getting the guy from your team, actually, Isaac, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because it's, <laughs> I'll butcher, I'll butcher the hell out of it. But um, he's going to be a huge improvement on his left side. I was actually reading his stats from last year. It was like 1,200 snaps he took, and one he gave up one snap the whole year. I think Kenny's going to be protected on that side. It's just more the right side now. Um, as far as the other moves they made, Steelers are never going to go out and get the flashy guy. I mean, when they traded for Minka, it was probably the most shocking thing that they've done. It may be selling Joe Hayden as a free agent. They're never going to go and spend the money that Dallas is going to give Dak Prescott or go and give Michael Gallup on an extension. They're never going to do that because Pittsburgh is they're more of a frugal team in a way when it comes to spending. Like, they'll give their guys, the guys that they drafted, the big money, like obviously TJ. And I think Deontay got overpaid a bit. But they're not going to, again, you know, even when Jalen Ramsey was on the trade block, they weren't going to bring him in because they're done with that whole, like, prima donna drama nonsense, and it's really because of Antonio Brown. So Pittsburgh's always going to play the safe game and bring in the guys that we don't know really well about but can prove themselves. That's what Pittsburgh's always going to do from this point forward. So what they're going to do. I don't I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, another – we talk about cancers, man. Antonio Brown is – I think he's – He's mentally unwell, that's for sure. Like, there's no doubt the the shit he's done, the shit, <laughs> excuse me, the shit he posts, even about Tom Brady's wife and stuff, and and is well documented. <laughs> it's well documented how we both feel about about Brady, but like, I don't know why he's posting that type. I, he he doesn't even know what he's doing. I don't think. But but hey, man, like to your point, I wouldn't blame like I wouldn't bring in a guy that's like a you know like a, a Pac Man Jones back in the day, somebody that's like very easily could um, just become a locker room cancer or just a, a guy that's in trouble all the time. Like, I think you guys are headed back in the right direction. I, I have trust in the Steelers franchise as a whole. Like, I don't think – they're never bad for a long period of time. Like, even this year no. wasn't an ideal year for you guys, but it wasn't like everybody's like, oh, my God, they're going to win, like, five games. Ultimately, what, you finished right at 500 or above there? So, uh yeah, they, they wound up finish. Yeah, they finished over five hundred by like a game. Right. But even still, even still, you know, you for me as a realistic Steeler fan, as opposed to the ones that think that we should be undefeated every year, um, and we should win the Super Bowl every year, you have to realize it's not going to happen. And the AFC North now is is one of the toughest divisions, especially with the Bengals hop skipping and jumping the Browns, which they ain't going to win nothing, and. And the Ravens, if they lose Lamar, they're going to take 20 steps back. So, in essence, the AFC North comes down to only two teams. It comes down to Pittsburgh, and it comes down to Cincinnati. Because I don't care that Cleveland's got Deshaun Watson, that they traded for Elijah Moore, they have Nick Chubb, that they got Miles Garrett, who couldn't even sniff friggin' TJ's junk, for, in my opinion, anyway. But Cleveland, to me, is always going to be in the cell. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they brought Bernie Kozar back in his prime. <laughs> does not matter. It does not matter. They couldn't make it work with Baker and Odell and every weapon that they gave Baker. He couldn't make it work. It's not going to work with Deshaun Watson. And it's not going to work until Jim Haslam sells the team to somebody who actually has a clue. So as long as Haslam owns the team, 
and all his GMs and whoever keep bringing in guys that aren't going to pan out, Cleveland's just going to pretty much always be fourth place. That's why Cleveland's always going to Cleveland. I was about to say, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go with that. Cleveland's always gonna Cleveland. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy to me. Like, man, like I don't understand why they gave. I know I I understand it from uh you know we want a big name, but I don't even know if I would have brought like all the like, everything that he's you know going through with with the the women that were involved and and you know only God knows what happened, but. Like that's the guy you give the most guaranteed money in NFL history to the guy with you know rape allegations. He didn't play for a full season. Like that is that is a Cleveland move if if there is one. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's bonehead to me. Without a doubt, and that's why you see now guys like Lamar want fully guaranteed deals because Cleveland said, "Hold on, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do the dumbest thing ever. Now we're gonna trade a guy who's got." All this nonsense going on. We're going to trade for him, but then we're going to give him a four-year deal. We're going to give him two hundred thirty million, and we're not even going to like fully guarantee half of it or three quarters of it. No, two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed. Let's just give it to you. I mean, without playing for what almost two years. <laughs> Come on, that's the most Cleveland thing to do. But now you have thirty-one other owners saying we're not going to do. We're not going to follow suit with what Cleveland's doing. So Baltimore feels that Lamar is not worth a fully guaranteed deal. You know, you look at all the contracts. Look at Kyler Murray in Arizona. He's not worth that money. You look at a guy like, um, who's another guy that's overpaid? All right. So, like, with these overinflated contracts, you know, because, like, Derek Carr got it with Vegas, right? So now Kyler Murray got his with Arizona. Obviously, Deshaun Watson got his. You know, guys like Lamar feel that, well, I can run, throw, I can do all this stuff, so I'm worth like $400 million. And obviously nobody's going to get the Mahomes deal. But even Mahomes' deal is not fully guaranteed. But I guarantee you, if you look at Mahomes' contract, there's at least 45 pages of do's and don'ts that he's allowed to do and can't do. Like, hey, if you want to go skiing, we got to put you in a bubble wrap before you even go skiing. And you can't go down to Black Dime. You have to go down to little bunny slopes. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> You know, these quarterbacks, and I understand it's the toughest position and it's the biggest position because you're the offensive general on the field. So I understand you want to get paid your value, but you have to understand what your value is. And you look at a guy like Lamar who, yeah, rookie year MVP. But then when they get to the playoffs, they choke the big one. And then he gets hurt this year. And I know a lot of Ravens fans. One of my good buddies is a Ravens fan. He's like, you know, he, in essence, they're like, oh, it's only a PCL sprain. You can still play on it. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, you put him out there against Cincinnati in the wild card round, and he, you know, all of a sudden he jukes the wrong way, and he tears his MCL, ACL, and every other CL in the knee. You know, then Ravens fans are going to sit there and be like, oh, well, is he out there? Lamar's going to be like, I just hurt my value twice. You only hurt it once by getting hurt. So, to me, whatever deal Lamar is offered on this non-exclusive franchise tag, he should just take it. He should just take it. That's it. You know, whether it's 150 and guaranteed 100 million, just take it. Just, I think, just take it. Yeah. Uh, to your point there, the Sean, see, I think the Sean kind of reset the market when he got like Cleveland. Cleveland did that to get him, obviously, 
just to make him happy to bring a big name in. Cleveland never has a big name at quarterback. We get that. But now, I mean, Lamar saw that deal pop up and he's like, Hey, I want an MVP. I don't know. Deshaun didn't win one. Um, you know, he's won a couple playoff games. I've always been kind of a like my roommate's a big Ravens fan. So I watch I watch all the Ravens games pretty much as, as well. And yeah. I he's a hell of a like his talent is off the off the charts, man. Like he can he can do thing most he, most of the things he can do, not not other quarterbacks can do at all or even sniff at. But I always always yeah. go back to him and I say, is he a winner? That's my thing. Is Lamar Jackson a winner? I don't know. And that's yet to be to like he's yet to to go through Mahomes in the play. Like he's beaten Mahomes in the regular season. No one, I mean, I can say no one cares about that. But you know what I mean. Like if you want to be yeah. that guy getting that two hundred and fifty mil a year, or I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty mil guaranteed, you got to be like the guy. Like you can't just be a stat machine. You can't be a regular season guy. You got to be up there with with the best and. No, you got to win on the big stage. Exactly that, and I—that's my thing. I don't know if he—if he's that guy. I don't know. If, like when when all the chips are pushed to the center of the table, is Lamar Jackson that guy? It's yet—he's yet to show me that he is that guy. Whether it's maybe you blame the shitty receivers, this and that, but the great ones overcome. You know what I mean? The great, the greatest yeah. of the greatest. I also think with Lamar, he's wildly at times inaccurate overthrows everybody, but he has confidence in one guy, and that's Mark Andrews. But, again, you have three other receivers lined up with Mark Andrews. you got to be able to have confidence in them catching something, but they have to have confidence in you getting it to them without the quarterback putting you in a dangerous situation where you're going to be like Antonio Brown and take a nasty hit to the helmet and then wind up being out for six, seven weeks and then whatever happens from that point. Do I think Lamar is a decent quarterback? Yeah. I get a lot of flack from Ravens fans because I bash him a lot. I call him a running back quarterback more than a quarterback himself. But do I think he's worth at least 150? If you're going based on regular season, yeah. He's a $150 million guy with 75 to 100 fully guaranteed. But if he wants a Mahomes-type deal, He's going to have to beat Mahomes in the playoffs, and then he's going to have to beat whoever is the, the, the NFC team in the Super Bowl. That's what's going to have to get him what he really wants. And that opportunity for him is dwindling down right now. It is. The longer this play, the longer this plays out and he don't go nowhere, you could wind up seeing another Deshaun Watson situation where he goes, all right, you know what? You, you, don't, want to, you don't want to trade me. You don't want to give me a contract. I'll sit out all year. You could see it happening. Oh, I definitely could. I I think he's very unhappy with ownership, organization, all that. Like I, I'm somewhere in the middle, man. Like I, I'm not gonna say I totally agree with him, but I can't sit here and say like, does he deserve 250 mil guaranteed? No, I don't think he does. Like I, I don't know what, like you said, the Mahomes deal is the, a lot in that deal has to be agreed upon. A lot is probably. Uh, incentivized based on his performance, that type of thing. Like Deshaun yeah. Watson was basically like, Hey man, I have all these rape allegations may or may not have done that. I'm sure he, at least some of them, but Hey, well, you know, we'll, we're a sports podcast, not, not a, a, a crime podcast, but it's like, here's the thing. Cleveland was like, we don't give a fuck, man. Like here's the money yeah. come here. Like not every organization's going to, I think the Ravens organizations run a hell of a lot better than the Browns. 
Like I think Ravens, without a doubt, uh, Patriots, uh, those type of organizations, they're not going to step on their own dick and be like, yeah, you know what? You're a great player. You're a face of the franchise. You're why people come to see the Ravens. Like here's 250 mil just because you're Lamar Jackson. Like, I think they're going to sit there and think, is this the best move for our organization? And 250 mil. And then it's like, once again, we, you know, we can have that conversation where like, yeah, we hate Brady to the fullest extent, but that son of a bitch took less money. I mean, he had, he has so much money off the field. It's ungodly. And, and his, obviously yeah. his ex-wife, but that's the thing where he wanted to build a winning team where it's like, if you take all that money, Lamar, like who you, you're bitching about the receivers you have now, like, I mean, this is why they picked up Nelson Aguilar. You know what I mean? Like, you you, yeah. you can't build. Like, if, if the Eagles go out and shell out 50 mil a year for Hurts, I mean, good luck keeping A.J. Brown and a good offensive line. You're, one of those is going to have to yeah. go. You know what I mean? You can't do that. Well, the one thing, as much as everybody knows we don't like Brady at all, but <laughs> the one thing I always gave him credit for that even puts him on a, on a higher tier than Aaron Rodgers with – where they would give Brady the money he wanted, but then he was always willing to, you know, restructure. So it gave the team money to re-sign guys like Gronk and at the time Edelman and Amendola and everybody else they had throughout there. I guess we can call it a dynasty. Um, <laughs> but you look at a guy like Rodgers, who's never done that. So, and Lamar is on that same wavelength where it's like, hey, I want all this money. But I also want to be able to bitch about the non-weapons you're putting around me or guys you can't keep. And that, in essence, is where the NFL has a problem where it's more of a me league. It's not a, it's not a team thing anymore. Because, again, football, like every other sport, has become a business. It's about, it's about one guy wanting the most money, and he doesn't care about the rest of the team. It's a, as long as his financial future is taken care of, that's all he cares about. And Lamar is going down that same path as Rodgers. 100%. Where they, should be looking, where they should look at a guy like, and I really hate to say it, but look at a guy like Brady who was always willing to give up tons of money so it gets reinvested back into the team. Yeah, I want to get, I want to get your opinion on – see, my thing is, like, why do none of these guys want to take, like, even $30 million, Like, if, if you're Jalen Hurts, right, you take – 30 to 35, I'll use him because he's probably one of the next ones up in a, in a deal. If you take 30 to 35 mil and then you go off the field and you're like, hey, State Farm, hey, whatever, Geico, whatever it might be, you can recoup that money. I, there's no doubt in my mind. That if oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys want to – I think it's an ego thing because, I mean, if you're a football player, you're you're one of these alphas, one of these masculine – you know, to the fullest extent. And you don't want, like, if you're Burrow and you come out and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take 45. He's another one that, that'll get a monster deal. But if I if I get 40, oh, well, now this guy's ahead of me, this guy's ahead of me, and your agent's in your ear, like, look, man, we can get you that. Like, just stay the course. And, like, that's a pro. Like like you said, it's a business. It's a it's this, that, and the third. But I don't care. If you're making, if you're making 10 mil a year even, man, like, there's no reason you should be struggling. And – and off the field, you can go get this, that, and the third. Like these guys act like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like Lamar. I, if, if I don't get 250 mil guaranteed, if I get 180 mil guaranteed, I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Like that. That to me yeah. is like that's mind blowing way of thinking. And I'm sure it's like uh like people in their head and everything else that, that are telling them that. Well, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, agents because the the higher the contract for the player, 
the more the more percentage of the deal they get for working it out for him. So that's also I mean, guys like Lamar don't have an agent. His mother represents him. And even go back to Le'Veon Bell, he had his mother, he had his mom in his ear, like, oh well, Pittsburgh's offering you this, but the Jets are giving you this guaranteed. And it was less than what Pittsburgh was willing to give him. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's just insane. You know, these athletes just can't think for themselves. You have to have an agent speak for you. I mean, if I was a pro athlete, I wouldn't need I wouldn't need an agent. I'd be like, listen, this is what I'm looking for, but if this is what you're willing to give me, there's got to be a middle road somewhere where we can meet in the middle, and that's it. And that's something that Lamar is going to have to he's going to have to swallow his pride, put on his big boy pants, and be like, listen, all right, the Ravens aren't going to cave to how Cleveland does business. If you're willing to give me this, I'll play for this. Even if it's less guaranteed money, but more incentive based, then that's something he's going to have to he's going to have to sign. It's it's that's it. right. I mean, well, I mean, we just saw the Daniel Jones contract. Like, who in God's name would have thought going into this offseason he was going to get forty mil a year? Like, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm a little bit pissed at that. Like, I don't know if that's the right move at I all. I don't think he's worth. He's not worth it. That's based off of one improved year. One improved year. That, honestly, and you can't franchise tag two people, but you could have brought Barkley back on a show-me deal, and you could have done the same thing with Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones would have been a $40 million a year quarterback anywhere else, unless he was going to say maybe the Texans let's just say, who are in desperate need for a quarterback. Or even Indy, who now says they might not even draft a quarterback and that they might even try to trade out of that pick. Who knows? But that's really one of the issues with what Lamar wants is he sees Daniel Jones getting his deal, and he's like, wait a minute. This guy sucked for three, four years and has turned over the ball more than Eli has, and the Giants are paying him this. What these athletes have to realize is that each organization's run different, and their ownership and GMs view their guys differently. Now, Brian Dabble and Joe Sheen in New York probably figured Daniel Jones is the guy for the next four or five years, and we could win something with him. So that's why he got his money. Baltimore not wanting to pay Lamar, they obviously feel, even though they don't want to say it, no Raven fan wants to hear it, they feel Lamar's not the answer in Baltimore. That's why he's not getting the money he's getting or that he is asking for. Do you think – I'll ask you this too. Do you think – obviously the Giants think highly of Daniel Jones. Now, if you compare the situations like – and like like we just talked about, like I don't know if Lamar is a winner or this, that, and the third, but he's more he's more proven. Like Daniel Jones had one good year, and it like you said, it's all about organization. I think it's also about just the situation. Like the Giants don't – like the – to me – if I'm the Giants, and and you know this would be controversial to the to their fans, but I'm sorry, I I would have been like, look, here's your 25 mil. I wouldn't have given him. I would have given him like two or three years on it. And I would, and in the back of my head, I'm like, let's go get somebody better. Because guess what, I'm gonna have to go up against like if we even somehow find a way to make it to the Super Bowl. Like you're telling me, Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, Barkley's you know a premier talent. I saw him play at Penn State all the time, but it's like. Look, man, like you got to compete with these absolute, like just machines at quarterback in the AFC. If you if you ever get over that hump, 
is Daniel Jones going to win you a game? Like he's another, he's another Jimmy G to me, man. Like I, I don't, I don't get why you settle. Like I would not have settled for that. I wouldn't have been like, yeah, here's our best situation. Daniel Jones, 40 mil, like whatever. Okay. That's what we're working with right now. No, I'd rather give him less money, have it in the back of my head, kind of do maybe what the Eagles did and draft a guy in the second, third round. That's like, all right, this guy has, his ceiling is crazy. Like I, I, I don't think you're ever going to win the big games with a Jimmy G with a Daniel Jones with a, I'm trying to think of other guys like Derek Carr is Derek Carr going to give the saints Super Bowl? I, I would bet my life. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Nope. So the, why these organizations like turn the tires on these guys that if, if anything, they're a stopgap and like you're, you're shelling out the bag for them at the same. I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Watch well, what in essence, you know, like Jimmy G and going to Vegas, is just a stopgap to, whoever they wind up drafting this year. Because you know that well, they have like the seventh pick. They're going to pick one of these kids coming out. You know, obviously, they're not going to get Stroud. They're not going to get Bryce Young, but they could take Will Levis from Kentucky at seven if he's sitting there. If there's no quarterback at seven for them to take, then do they find one later on? Or do they, you know, maybe pick up one from another team who releases one? You know, who knows? But guys like Jimmy G... Um, even Baker and Tampa now, they're, they're just stopgaps. They're the bridge quarterback to, to for however many years it takes them to find their replacements that are going to bring them back to what they once used to be. Well, obviously in Tampa, again, as much as I hated Brady, he turned the franchise on. But Tampa was willing to commit the money to do it. Now let's see how many bandwagon Buccaneers fans are no longer Buccaneers fans are. <laughs> because because we all know, and I ran into them, they're like, oh, I love the Buccaneers. I said, name somebody other than Tom Brady. And they can't. And they can't. They didn't even know that Tony Dungy was the head coach at one point, or that Gruden even coached the team. They don't even know that Tampa had Tiki's brother, Rondé Barber, as a cornerback. They, they, they don't know none of this. But, again, no, Jimmy G is just a snapgap. And just like a three-year replacement for Derek Carr till whoever they draft is ready. I and, see, see, but I get that. I get that completely. Like I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be a fan of it. I would, if I was a Raiders fan, I would kind of hate it. But yeah, my thing is like Daniel Jones had a good year. Yeah, he had a good year. I mean, when he when and granted, you know, the Eagles had one of the better, the best defenses I've ever seen them have this past season. So. You know, you're grading him with a with a with a curve to it. Like the, he he was up against every obstacle he could be in against us. But I mean, they did not put up a fight. So and then I I sit back and and like like you said, without having a stopgap and things like that. But it's like, do you really think? And and, and I I listen to a lot of uh, Michael K show up there in New York, and they they talk a lot about how well if you get Daniel Jones the weapons, then what is he? You know how higher. What's his ceiling then? Because he didn't really have weapons. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But when you're giving a guy that amount of money, now you've kind of handcuffed yourself a little bit in who you can bring in, as well as like you know you better be right about that guy. Because now if you're not right, now you set yourself back years in the in the process of all right. Yep. Now we gotta find another guy. Like I just don't. I'm not a fan of that. Like when the Eagles drafted Hurts, everybody was kind of saying, "Oh my God, why would they do that?" And I'm like, look, man, Carson Wentz has not stayed healthy, and he's he was another 
like Lamar at the time, he wasn't a, I, I couldn't trust him to win us a, a playoff game. So I'm like, if, if this guy can find a way, like I'm always, you're got to look for the next guy. Cause let's, uh, let's say Kenny Pickett comes out and struggles this year. You don't think Pittsburgh's going to be like, well, you know, we need a backup plan now. Cause this yeah. is, a, this is a league that like, you know, if you're, if you're getting behind, you're going to be behind for a long time and and you got to capitalize on the rookie quarterback deals. So hopefully you do land that guy like a, like Stroud. Let's say he goes to Carolina and he's like amazing. Then, then they're setting themselves up and they can just build around that. If you don't, if you don't have the quarterback, but you have everything else, it's, and your, and your, your payroll is all fucked up. Like it's very hard to, to maneuver all around that. Well, yeah, you already see that with the giants where, you know, they give Jones the money. And they had no choice but to give Slayton and Shepard like one, two year deals at what minimal money. You took yourself, I mean, you took yourself out of the Odell running, which, you know, even that one is a, is a tricky situation because you have Odell who, you know, people are saying he wants guaranteed like 20 million. He's coming out saying, I didn't say that. I'm just saying 4 million a year is not enough for me. And, you know, the Giants with giving Jones this money, not only did you handcuff yourself this year, but if Barkley has another big year, you really can't even offer him that much. And that's a Joe lose him next season. You're going to lose him. Yeah, he's so, he's, kind of, he's kind of in a tough position if you think about it too because if he comes out and gets hurt this year, then his value drops, you know, yeah. well below what it is. And them tagging him, like, I, I get it from a business perspective, but it it's like the same thing you guys did with Le'Veon for a couple of years there. And, like these running backs, I, I don't blame the running backs for getting upset to a certain degree. Yes, they can be replaced and things like that, but whenever they're like they're a horse, like a Le'Veon Bell, like a like a Barkley, I mean they're getting the shit kicked out of them every single week. They're getting used and abused and everything else, and then you know they come they try and get a contract and it's chump change in comparison to everything else, and it's like I don't know they're kind of like a meat grinder, man. Like look at Zeke, they use they use Zeke until he was nothing left, and now it's like. Yeah. You're out the door. I guess it's just the reality of it, though. I mean, in the Zeke situation, to me, I felt once he got the big contract, he just, to me, he took a step back. And he wasn't the same hungry Zeke he was when he came out. And that's the other issue where teams and GMs and owners are afraid to give some of these guys the big deal because it's like, now you got the money, and then you look at, you look at Zeke as a prime example. He's not as hungry as he was that a guy like Tony Pollard, who comes off the bench for what one or two snaps every drive, is outshining you. But then you look at Tony Pollard, who gets hurt in I forget what week it was. Might have been the last week of the year. Who knows? But you look at him now, and he's got no choice but to play under a tag. Even when Bell Bell didn't want the tag, and I I understood why, but that came down to. You know, he wanted what he wanted, and Pittsburgh was only willing to go so far. And it wasn't by much that they could have met in the middle and made that, it was like a five ten million gap, whatever it was. You could have made a lot of that incentive base with Le'Veon and kept him there. But then we saw what happened. He went to the Jets, and he felt that he was going to be better there. And what did the Jets have? They had no O-line to create holes for him. They could barely protect whatever quarterback it was at the time, so... I mean, I understand these guys wanting their money, but you, you got to think realistically, you know, about, you know, especially when it comes to fully guaranteed deals. Being a running back is one of the second hardest positions to play. 
because you're constantly getting hit. Any point, you, you you could snap your ankle, tear an ACL, and but I understand their reasoning for the, for wanting the money. But again, the team's going to decide how much you're worth. You're not going to decide it. They are. All right, I'll, I'll ask you. You know, we're we're kind of winding down here. We we've, we've covered a lot today, that's for sure. And I appreciate you coming on. Who no problem? Who, who pisses you off more modern day? I guess it's it's kind of. It's not fair because Brady's not in the limelight. But let's just say Brady comes, comes, you know, a month or two comes down the road. He's like, you know what? I'm going to San Fran, and Rogers is in in, in New York. Who's gonna piss you off on a weekly basis more? Would you say Aaron Rodgers or or Tom Brady? Tom Brady, because Brady, in essence, goes to San Francisco and takes away the the spotlight from Brock Purdy. Whereas Aaron Rodgers coming to New York, who's he taking the spotlight from? Zach Wilson? Yeah, Zach. He's too. too busy playing his friend Tom. So, <laughs> I mean, to me, it would be Brady more because Brock Purdy, to me, taking over when when Jimmy G got hurt, earned his spot. So for Brady to come in, the the, the Niners, if it were to happen, the Niners are just saying, yeah, you know what, Purdy, you did good, but yeah. Instead, we want this 46-year-old quarterback instead. So you could just ride the bench with Trey Lance for the whole year, and that's that. Brady would Brady pisses me off as it is anyway. And I think him him becoming a commentator, if it ever happens, I don't know if I can even listen to him talk. I can't. I can't. I already, I already told JD a couple times. I was like, look, man, I'm, I'm muting that TV. Like, if he's on the, if he's on the broadcast, I'm not. I'm not subject, subjecting myself to more – more hatred, more stress on, on game day than there already is. So, yeah. goodness, like, I don't know. I My fear is that, like, I'll never say Brady's completely done, like, because I, I just don't know. Like, I, I he could he could flip a switch tomorrow and be like, you know what, I'm, I want to play. Like, that's my fear, too, is San Fran is, is, is his hometown. Like yeah. that team, that team's loaded. I wouldn't even necessarily blame him for doing it, but I would, I obviously cannot stand the guy and it, it would make sense though. It would, it would be like that final ride off into the sunset for him because it's his hometown. They're a stacked team. They're playing in the, the NFC doesn't really have anybody that is going to be a huge problem. I I would think so. God, man, it, it's, it's definitely subconsciously there for me. I'm like, this could ha- this could still happen, and I I don't. Yeah, worry. I'm I'm waiting for the notification. Brady decides to come out of retirement. He could talk about he bought his daughter a two month kitten, and who has the time to play football? He's found the time. So he didn't care before. He didn't care about his kids before. Let's 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 keep it real. Like it's never stopped him before. It didn't stop him from. I mean, potentially losing a marriage. We don't know, but obviously didn't help. So. No, definitely didn't. But I think she was sleeping with the Muay Thai trainer guy way before any of this happened. So, I guess that's the silver lining a little bit. He doesn't get everything he wants, right? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) No, but uh, I much appreciate you coming on here. Short notice as well. I mean, I just hit you up the other day to to come on, and I didn't really have a bunch of like a structure to this show. We kind of just went with it. But how do uh, how do out of my listeners get a hold of you and uh, you know get a hold of your show and, and things like that? Pretty much just like you guys and all the other sports podcasts out there. On I'm on Apple, Good Pods, Spotify. Well, what was Anchor is now Spotify for podcasters. Google Podcasts. Uh, there's YouTube videos up. So 
pretty much everywhere there's a podcast you can listen to it. We're also on the Odyssey app as well. So we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely everybody that, that tunes into the show and, and tunes into any of my shows, I try and shout shout Jim out every single time. He his his solo shows, I mean, he goes off on tangents that'll if they don't make you laugh, I don't think you got a pulse. <laughs> uh I'll be honest with you. So yep, check him out, Fan in the Van Podcast. Um and it'll only it'll only go upwards and 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 improve it as he goes. I know it. So yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I got to shout out our guys as well, Brent and David at fourteen twenty. Definitely check Definitely. those guys out. They have uh they have so many shows. I think there are probably over ten different shows at this point. I don't, I can't keep up with it. So, uh, and and the guys at uh, Two Dudes with Sports News level the playing field. Uh, I know I'm. We like sports podcast. I know I'm missing some, but. Uh, we're on a Sunday. It's a little bit different. So, so forgive me for yep. that. But uh, yeah, till next time, take it easy. And I'll, I'll let Jim say his outro as well. And as always, stay safe. Peace.